Welcome to the Retirement Guide Podcast. I'm your host, George Jameson, owner of Capital Wealth Group, a flat fee-only advisory firm. Whether you're nearing retirement or already retired, join me each week as we explore the world of retirement planning and equip you with the knowledge and tools you need for a successful retirement. So let's get started. Should you still invest in international stocks? If so, how much should you have and what percentage in developed markets and what percentage in emerging markets? Many U.S.-based investors tend to invest primarily in U.S. stocks and bonds. It's understandable. It's what we know. And U.S. stocks have been a great place to invest over the past 10 to 20 years. Even investment guru Jack Bogle, the founder of Vanguard, said, you don't need to own international stocks. He then goes on to say, the reality is that we do better than the rest of the world, but if you want to, don't go over 20% in international. However, this approach may have its limitations. The phenomenon known as home bias can restrict investment options and limit diversification. Consider this. While the U.S. stock market is the biggest in the world, about 40% of the global stock market, $88 trillion, is made up of stocks from over 18,000 companies trading outside the U.S. Because international stocks make up a significant portion of the available stock market, it may make sense for investors to have some exposure to international stocks. Today, we are talking about whether you should only invest in U.S.-based stocks or have a more global portfolio, and if so, how much should you own in international stocks? There will be periods when a global portfolio will have higher returns and periods when a U.S.-only portfolio will have higher returns. For instance, from 2010 to 2023, the U.S. market outperformed global diversification. However, the previous decade, often referred to as the lost decade for U.S. stocks from 2000 to 2009, had an entirely different result. If you would have been properly diversified in international stocks, your portfolio would have held up much better. This serves as a reminder not to overlook the benefits of diversification in response to short-term trends. So why you may want to invest in international stocks? Owning international stocks has two main advantages, diversification and the potential to perform better than U.S. stocks over certain periods. In the past, non-U.S. stocks have had low correlations with U.S. stocks, leading to better risk-adjusted returns for a global portfolio. However, as the economy has become more global, U.S. and non-U.S. stocks have started moving more in tandem over the past couple of decades. The periods when international stocks perform better than U.S. stocks often correspond to periods when the U.S. dollar was weak. Stronger non-U.S. currencies mean that investors in international stocks come out ahead when their returns are translated back to U.S. dollars. More recently, however, international stocks have fallen behind, partly because of how the U.S. dollar has strengthened over the past 10 years or so. 
However, I am not implying that you should try and time the market in any manner due to valuations or any other type of timing methods. Nor am I saying you should try to get in and out of international stocks based on any of this criteria. Because if most professional fund managers can't outperform over time, most likely you or your financial advisor will not be able to either. So along with your return potential, international stocks come with certain risks, including the impact of currency movements, political conflicts, and weaker accounting standards. This means that international stocks come with relatively high risk, but also potentially high returns. So how to invest in international stocks? Well, for most investors, broadly diversified international index funds or ETFs are probably the best way to invest in international stocks because few active managers have been able to outperform the overall market over time. Index funds, on the other hand, own the whole market within a given index. They're also less expensive. Actively managed international stock funds have annual expenses of about 1% on average, while international index funds have expense ratios as low as 0.07%. So the next question, how much of your portfolio should be in international stocks? There really is no one correct answer to this question. Some argue that you don't need any exposure to international stocks at all. Given that many leading companies in the U.S. earn a significant portion of their revenue from overseas. On the other hand, skipping out on international stocks would mean missing out on some of the world's leading companies. International stocks may offer better returns when the U.S. might be struggling. As mentioned earlier, international stocks currently make up about 40% of the stock market's total capitalization. So, if your aim is to track the entire global stock market, a straightforward approach would be to simply allocate 60% to the U.S. stock market and 40% to the international stock market. I suggest that most stock investors should probably have some type of exposure to non-U.S. stocks. While there may be a few who recommend zero into international stocks, the general recommended range of international stocks seems to be between 20% to 40% of an investor's overall stock allocation. Diversification is a cornerstone of smart investing. By spreading your investments across different geographic regions, you mitigate risk associated with any single country's economic conditions or geopolitical events. According to Vanguard's model portfolios, the percentage of U.S. stocks to international stocks is around 37 to 40% of the overall stock allocation. For example, Vanguard's 100% equity models have about 61% in U.S. stocks and 39% allocated to international stocks. To break it down further, 29% is in developed international and 10% is in emerging markets. And here's another example. Vanguard's 50-50 stock-to-bond model portfolios have about 30% in U.S. stocks and 20% in international stocks. 
of the international stocks, about 15% is in developed international and 5% is in emerging markets. But please keep in mind that Vanguard may change these allocations over time. I also looked at JP Morgan's ETF model portfolios to see what they recommended. JP Morgan's overall international stock allocation is about 30 to 33%. Therefore, JP Morgan's international stock allocation is slightly less than Vanguard's overall. Emerging markets have severely underperformed the U.S. stock market over the past 10 years. However, they may still present exciting growth prospects. But they often come with more volatility and uncertainty. So for most investors, you may want to limit your exposure to the emerging markets. Per Morningstar, they recommend no more than 15% in emerging markets, and most seem to recommend anywhere between 5 and 10% of your stock allocation. While U.S. stocks have been strong performers over the past 10 years, the future is unpredictable, and economic conditions can change rapidly. By incorporating international stocks, you position your investments to withstand the fluctuations in any one region and capture potential growth opportunities worldwide. It's essential to adopt a long-term perspective when it comes to investing. Economic cycles and market trends are constantly evolving, and what has performed well historically may not be the case in the future. If you look at some long-term forecasted returns from places like Vanguard, J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley, Morningstar, to name a few, most seem to predict international stocks will outperform versus U.S. stocks in the next 10 years, mainly based on valuation and other factors, but they could easily be wrong. The keys to successful investing are being diversified, sticking to the plan, keeping your costs low, and periodic rebalancing, i.e. buying low and selling high. You should also make sure your portfolio aligns with your risk tolerance, risk capacity, and your overall financial goals. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic and see how you are allocated between U.S. stocks and international stocks. And if there are any other specific topics you are interested in, please let me know. My email address is george at capitalwealthplan.com. Again, george at capitalwealthplan.com. Well, that wraps up today's episode. I hope everyone has a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Retirement Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a five-star review to help others discover the show. For questions, ideas, or discuss your retirement plan, reach out to me, George Jameson, at Capital Wealth Group. Visit our website at capitalwealthplan.com to learn more. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more insightful retirement planning in future episodes. And now for the disclaimer. The information discussed in this podcast is for general explanations and education only. It is not tax, legal, or investment advice. Before considering acting on any information heard here, first consult with your tax, legal, or investment advisor. Thank you and have a great day.